Hello, everyone. My name is Justin Odisho. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. If you watched the vlog, this is actually the second ever in-person episode. So if you're watching on YouTube, hello, thank you. If you're listening on iTunes, you can check out the video aspect of this on YouTube. Today, uh, I'm very excited to do another in-person podcast, if you just heard the last one. And today, I've got on the show a good friend of mine, Sung Lee. Pronounced that right? It's Sung like yeah. a bird. And um, Sung, I wanted to bring him on here and talk to him because I think he's had an interesting journey and experience through the whole digital marketing, uh, social media, content creation, first from a professional business working in the industry experience all the way to creating his own thing and making his own business out of his passions and things that he loves, which happens to be a lot of food-related entertainment on his page, Chow Down Detroit, which, congratulations, it just hit 100K. Yeah, 100,000 followers. It's funny, it's because it's way over 100,000 now, but on Instagram, it doesn't change until you get another thousand yeah (laughs) i'm used to getting over 100 but it's amazing that um it took a lot of work but it's amazing that that many people are interested in my food photos yeah well thank you for taking the time here welcome to the show and uh thank you also because you listen to the podcast i am i'm actually a huge fan of yours actually because (laughs) first of all i love local um content creators people who just create things and you're not even half an hour from here, you know? Yeah. And we have, in Michigan, we just don't have enough uh, content creators. It's everyone's in LA and New York. Yeah. It seems (laughs) like everyone moves to LA. Yeah. But I love watching your videos. The funny thing is I don't use Premiere. I use Final Cut Pro. However, I think I still feel like I learned a lot from your channels, but I love your podcast more than your uh, tutorials because your tutorials don't help me as much, but your podcasts are super interesting because the people, your, your guests are all like similar people, similar people like us. Like they, uh, use YouTube or other social media platforms to really, um, have a job. So it's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and you're in that company. Yeah. So, So, um, I, I agree with you. It's like, one of the reasons I wanted to do the podcast is to be able to talk to other like-minded, interesting people that sometimes it doesn't seem like there's enough of around here. So appreciate that. Thank you for uh, being a part of the cast. Is there anything that you want to say to like any of the previous members who might be listening? I feel like everyone who listens to the podcast or is interviewed on the podcast ends up listening to it. Oh, really? So I have at least 12, 12 listeners. Well, one of one of the best, uh, <laughs> podcast you had was with Craig and I've become a huge fan after listening to him on your show and he really changed my life because um, I've become a minimalist after finding out what minimalist is all about yeah and um, I watch his YouTube now all the time he's one of my favorite creators on there and um, I like Saradici too that was really good I followed her from when she was on um Casey Neistat's video and um those people are awesome man you had some really awesome people on there so hopefully I can keep it going yeah that one video editor you had not too long ago was super good too he did all um, those uh Jacob music or videos Matt? or what 
I've had a few, I guess. Yeah, he went they're like, all good. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, they all have really good stories and they're all super talented. So it's, this is a really cool show. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into what makes you really cool, I guess. <laughs> uh, one thing about these in person ones is that I'm going with no notes here, just organic flow. So it's also might be a different vibe if you're listening. Yeah. Is this TV going crazy behind me? It is going nuts. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure it's not like breaking. But um, how did you get, because you obviously, I'd say, have a a little bit more years of experience in this whole world, and maybe you've seen it evolve. Yeah. I'd be super interested to know, where did you get your start in even like being creative or picking up a camera? Yeah, I've been uh, taking photos for a long time. I actually went to an art college here in Detroit. Uh, college for Creative Studies, and I went there for fine art, photography, and graphic design. So I've been taking pictures for a long time, even before social media even got started. But I'm, I was totally into taking pictures of everything I did and ate, even back then. And I only did it because it's more like a document, right? Like it's a journal. Yeah. So when you look back, you're like, oh, that's what I ate, and yeah. that's what I did. And when... um social media got popular, I started posting, of course, as all creators do, you just want to post things, right? Pictures and everything. So I started taking photos of landscapes of Detroit, Detroit scenery, and anything that looked interesting. So my Instagram, I started taking photos of Detroit scenery and food. So my personal page, Sung, S-C-O-U-N-G, is just food and photos. But then you get to a point where you're like, man, I eat so much. I got to have another outlet for me to show off what I ate. Yeah. And it's more, I started an Instagram just to show off what I ate because I wanted to go back and see what I ate. Like it's a journal for me. And just because I was one of the first um, food Instagrams in Detroit, it just kind of like took off. Snowballed. Yeah. Just, and of course I take really cool photos of this, uh, not just like with flash, you know, it's all like, um, food styled photos and I started posting it and I started going to places where they have a wow factor food yeah something like crazy loaded fries or something I think one day we ate me and we you had went. the sushi burrito yeah sushi cone. Right. it's in the vlog and then we also went to a place where the Sahara when we ate it, those loaded fries oh yeah like which that. you helped kind of create yeah too. so it's just um it's like it started to snowball and people tagged each other told people about it and that's just now that's what i've been doing for five years now four years yeah so you so you make a a full-time living being i remember last time we talked you you described yourself as a food entertainer is that still true like what's the verb that you would call you know i started off as trying to be like a food critic and i just realized I'm not a food critic because I kind of like everything. (laughs) (laughs) No bad ratings. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't want to put down any restaurants either. Right. I mean, these people are mom and pop shops. What is my opinion? My opinion could really affect other people's uh, (laughs) restaurants because if I went to a restaurant and told people I hated this restaurant, a lot of my followers won't go there. It really, it's kind of um, shockingly, I'm I'm surprised that it could have that much effect on people. So I actually only do positive things. So right now, I don't call myself a food critic because I don't criticize. I just kind of 
do food adventures and people just follow me. I like that. Food yeah. adventures. Food adventures. So chow down Detroit. Were you, I mean, did you grow up in Detroit? Were you born in Detroit? Yeah, no, I was born in Korea, but I grew up in Metro Detroit most of my life and went to school in Detroit and everything like that. And, you know, the thing about Detroit, as you know, is we're, we, we have a community that's super proud of our state and our city. Yeah. Like we, it's almost like if someone puts down Detroit or Michigan, we get really defensive, right? And anytime, I think that even the name Child on Detroit and promoting Detroit local businesses really help, like people want to help me too. Like they want to help me grow because yeah. they want to see city, people in yeah. Detroit and Michigan really grow up. Um, so yeah, I mean, I grew up in this area, so I'm, I'm definitely a Metro Detroiter. I'm a Detroiter for yeah. most of my life. Yeah. Did you live in Korea long enough to be shaped by it in any no, way? No, I barely remember. I mean, I was, I came here when I was young. So now I, re I don't remember too much about Korea, but last, I'll tell you what, man, I went to Korea just about four years ago and things changed a lot there. And the food, part? food scene in Korea is just crazy. I always wanted to go to South Korea. South Korea is amazing, like man. Soulish yeah. area. I mean, that's probably all I know because it's the capital. Or yeah, is, I is mean, it the capital? yeah, it is the capital. Yeah, yeah. But I seen on YouTube like it's a really modern city and the like the Super street modern. food. Yeah, it's become like the most technological advanced like country now in the world, which is like it's um, Korea is amazing because we were practically a third world third world country like not to, during the war after the korea war you know and now we're just booming and it's crazy how like wealthy south korea is now yeah <laughs> with samsung and lg and hyundai hyundai and it's just like they're producing so much stuff now it's crazy so were you just visiting or did you, you have, yeah visiting you have family some family still? yeah oh okay yeah but of course while i was there i was doing food adventures there yeah and it's probably the best week of food i ever eaten in my life yeah <laughs> it's amazing yeah. what's some korean like staples if you if you visit oh man i mean korean i know like barbecue. the fried chicken is really is that is it popular korean fried chicken is actually like a kind of like a newer thing new? yeah. yeah so we koreans are super good at taking something and modifying it to make it their own right kind of like car the way yeah you know, Hyundai's doing well and Kia and stuff like that. Um, so Koreans fell in love with fried chicken when fried chicken was introduced in Korea. So what they Koreans did now is they do Korean fried chicken, which is like a twice, fi tw twice fried Korean chicken. And they put some like garlic soy on yeah. it and things like that. And it's just the best Korean chicken ever. I'm getting hungry already. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys watch the vlog, you know I uh, I haven't ate. <laughs> yeah, we talk about food. I talk about food all day long. That's all I really. That's all I really do. So. Well, so so you're so like food is clearly one of one of your biggest passions. Mm -hmm. But you said you went to college for, for what was it? Photography. It was college for creative studies. So it's a private you art college in, in Detroit, and I studied fine art photography, graphic design. But in that school, you kind of study everything about the art. So yeah. when I was younger, I started doing fine art. I did like painting and things like that. Then I gravitated towards graphic design. 
then I gravitated towards fine, fine art photography. So I was doing a lot of film. So I actually didn't do digital. I did yeah, actual black and white uh, processing. And it's really fun. It's really cool. But um, I'm, I'm still passionate about photography in general. So what I do really, I'm really into now is iPhone photography, right? Yeah. So I do 99% of all my photography on my iPhone. So like everything you see on my Instagram, in my personal Instagram or in my food Instagram, it's all through my iPhone, not a professional camera. Yeah. And I think that um, actually that iPhone look actually helps a lot on Instagram. It's, it's funny because when I even, one time I might have posted something from my DSLR and it just doesn't get the likes and the comments when I post something like, just holding something right in front of me, putting a camera right yeah. in front of this giant burger, and then people just go nuts over it, right? <laughs> it's too polished sometimes. Exactly. It's more organic and that. I read something like that that, uh, inst like iPhone and just phone camera pictures just do yeah. better right on Instagram. It does. Even when I'm scrolling and I see something that is just not so polished, like you said, I actually gravitate toward that more than anything yeah. yeah i think it goes to like being natural on the platform like yeah. if you're on twitter you're gonna make funny tweets or something and that's gonna do better yeah. if you're on iphone or if you're on instagram mobile pictures are gonna do better mm -hmm. than like you know graphic bright, design bright and or colorful something. yeah is that yeah and that's actually you you know you hit it on the head is um you you got to know what your platform is all about. So if you're on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube, you kind of have to know uh, what kind of is popular for that platform, right? So like even on Snapchat, I love doing Snapchat <laughs> so much. And I just know in Snapchat, it has to be kind of funny and it has to be um, quick because you only get 10 seconds. So you kind of have to like know what your platform's all about and kind of concentrate on that. So I'd love to get some tips or advice out of you for anyone that's listening. But before we do that, kind of take me into from college. Like I know right now you've, you've, you're doing this thing, which is your own business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're being like a, a scientist of all the social media or like a technician of all the social media platforms. Yeah. But take me from like a little bit more of that journey from, you know, graduating, d dabbling in different fine art photography to your work experience through that. Yeah. After I graduated from college, I got a job right away with uh, General Motors um, doing in their like media archives department. So I was working with a lot of photography, old photography and old videos. And I, I, I worked in a team that archived photography and art, right, from General Motors. And I worked there for a while. Then I transferred to a, after I got laid off, you get trans, then I got another job with GM in their design department. And then I got laid off from GM again in 2008. And then I went to an, um, advertising agency so I started working in advertising for many years and I got transferred to a different department and that got into social media right so I mean 
one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life through after I graduated from now is being laid off or being transferred into a different department or them saying that they need to change my department or something like that, where you get into that life decision making mode and you're just like, man, what am I going to do now? Right. And it's so funny because if I never went through those things, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at now. Yeah. But I've always stayed in the um, somewhat of a photography slash um, social media or some type of media format. I've always stayed in that genre. Yeah. Like, so what were you doing? Like you said, you were in the what would you call it a media archive what yeah media archives it's well um, what does that in, like job entail so what they do is say they found a group of 1950s photos right or videos and what we do is take a digital we turn that into something digital and then we archive it so for example if a magazine time life magazine wanted to feature something from 1950s chevy they need a photo and we provide the photo that they need. So it's kind of like a museum for classic uh, photography and video. Yeah. And these layoffs that you're talking about is just like, was a lot of that just going on? Where they? Yeah. You know, automotive industry, man. It's just, you know, we live in uh, Metro Detroit. So it's, I would say most people somehow work for the auto industry from one of the top three. And the thing about the auto industry is when they need money, like when they're losing money and they need money, they love to cut jobs. <laughs> That's their thing, right? Uh, so you go through that a lot. When, Especially when you're working in departments, the departments I worked in, it's not the money-making department, yeah. right? Like to them, media archives or when I was in design doing... Um, we did... My team did like photography and archiving things that's... Um, in-house photography those things to them is just kind of like we're not making money off these guys it's we like just kind of yeah. have them there so you always get cut when they need um when they need money so but those things like were the best things that ever happened you know because once i got in 2008 everyone was getting laid off i don't know if you remember back then it seems yeah like that long ago. but when you get laid off from that when I got laid off from that, I didn't have a job for like a year. You know, it's funny. I even saw in a Craigslist ad where it said they need uh, someone to take photos for eBay, like stuff this guy's selling yeah. on eBay, right? And I'm like, I have a degree in photography. I've worked for professional photographers. I even done, I even worked for a photography studio and all that stuff. And I, my resume is amazing for $10 an hour, right? And they they won't hire me. Like they said I'm too overqualified <laughs> or something like that. And it's just funny that I I imagine my life back then and I'm like, man, if I took that job for 10 bucks an hour, taking pictures of knickknacks for eBay or something, you know? And sometimes you get complacent on your life, like when you have a job like that and you're just used to it, and you're afraid to do something else. If I took that job, I might have never went online to look for more better for a better job, which when you're struggling and when you're like down on your ropes, 
that's the ambition and determination to just try really hard, right? So I got a job with the, I applied everywhere and I got a job with the McCann right in Birmingham, uh, doing working in a big advertising agency and that kind of like snowballed there too, where I learned a lot, lot of yeah. things about advertising and marketing. And then that's where I'm like, that's where it took me to like the social media world too and yeah. learn a lot about social media and yeah. what makes people, you know, gravitate towards the marketing and social media for Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. So it's just like you learn from these little jobs that you get. And it's cool that um, being laid off, <laughs> it's like the best things yeah. that ever happened to me, you know? I think a lot of times that is the, the hard times are what shape you, obviously. It is, man. It's I actually just had a talk with one of my friends where um, she wishes she could get fired. And because when you get fired or laid off, it really drives you to look for something else or maybe start your own company or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because sometimes you get stuck in that nine to five job and you get that paycheck every two weeks and you're just comfortable and you get really comfortable and you start buying things. And this is where Craig's like minimalist yeah. things comes in. You know, it's just, um, you get so used to that life. And the funny thing is the more money you make, you start buying more things. So technically you're not even making more money. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's like a weird thing. And the scariest part about having that kind of uh, job for me, when I had it is that you start really like brainwashing yourself thinking, all right, I'm going to work for this company until I'm 60 years old, 65. I'm going to retire from this company. And this is my life now. This is sometimes how I thought, like, I'm going to go on a vacation when they tell me I can go on vacation. <laughs> and I'm going to try to become an executive in my position. And it just doesn't, nowadays, it just doesn't work out that way at all. These companies won't keep you for 40 years or 30 years, yeah. you know, they're, they're going to lay you off as soon as they can. And especially when I worked in advertising, if you lose an account, you're gone. Like they're going to get rid of most of you. You know, I don't even know anyone that stays with their company in advertising world for more than five years. Seriously. It's like they go from one company to the next and it's a scary world, man. I yeah. really think it is. And I'd say back then, like when, you, when you're experiencing your first round of layoffs, I mean, things like Instagram and Facebook probably weren't around or if they no. were, were in their very... Facebook was around. Yeah. MySpace And, <laughs> and they're around. very early stages and it the money wasn't... No. The, the yeah. vision wasn't there yet. And so right. it's funny how you probably wouldn't even, even have been able to. Like at McCann, they probably just realized that social media was you know, cropping right. up and that they should have a division for this. And the funny thing is most, most companies and businesses still, still don't, don't understand yeah. social media. The funny thing is, um, like the companies I work for, they outsource that stuff, you know, and now they're getting into where they're going to do it themselves. 
but even as you know, living in Michigan, we're always a few years behind LA, New York, and Chicago, right? We're always behind. And in, even in my business with the food, you know, when I promote restaurants or businesses around here, or even do content creation, a lot of companies around here, a lot of restaurants don't understand it yet. So like I have friends who do similar things I do in different cities, like in Chicago, LA, New York, and they're making so much money, right? Like they're like in another level of money making than I am because there's so many restaurants and businesses that are willing to just they get it. Like they understand social media when they post it on Instagram or Facebook or even being on YouTube, it's like a huge deal for them. Uh, but in Michigan, a lot of these restaurant owners and a lot of these companies around here, they think it's more important to be on TV or back of a newspaper. <laughs> like they still want to be in the free press, back of free press with a coupon in the back. Yeah. They think that's going to bring in all the money for the restaurant. I'm like, dude, that's not the way it works anymore. So explain it to me like as if I've come to your office here, I've got my restaurant and I'm a little bit skeptical about this whole thing. Yeah. I've been in the business for a long time. Explain it to me. Like where's, what's the value in it? Well, it's just, it's, if they are not understanding of it, it's almost like, I don't know if I could ever work with them. Right. Because, um, how are you going to show them? Like, for example, unless I do something like let them know I sent you. No, like if I told you to go eat at a restaurant, because say you saw it through my Instagram, it's not like you're going to walk in there and go, I saw it on Child on mm -hmm. the Try. You're not going to do that. You're just going to go. So um, they kind of have to be more of a fan of me or like understand social media for yeah. us to work to have a little bit of willingness to or openness to learn yeah. or see something in it right and in but in my world i sometimes do this um i create something that's like unique to what i posted like i would create a concoction i'll take fries i'll take this i'll take this and turn it into this thing that's not on the menu and then i would post it on my channel and it will get like thousands of likes and a whole bunch of comments and people actually going there to try that. And then the owners are like, Oh wow. We had, you know, 40 people asking for this dish that he posted. That's not even on the menu. Like, all right, yeah. we get it. Like you can bring in um, people to our place. And then after they see some type of a, a return on investment or something like that, they want to keep working with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I want to get into like how you even started all this. So you were working at McCann and what is, what is McCann by the way? It's an advertising Yeah, firm? it's a McCann world group. It's like a huge, uh, it's like a world, it's like a global, um, advertising agency and they own a ton of different agencies and, uh, we have a few of them around here and <clears throat> one of their clients is kind of like, you know, pure Michigan is one of them and you know, yeah. Chevy okay. and some other stuff like that. And that's where I was working. I was working in the Chevy. I was working for Chevy, like doing under social the, media. under that account, that's what, right? That's what. It, yeah, under that's Chevy. What, I mean, when I say account, I don't mean like social media account. Like that's a, an account that McCann had. Yep. And you were yeah. in charge of of. I was. In, I was part that? of the social media team on for, that one. Yeah, and then 
um, that's where Child on Detroit kind of started. I just one day just wanted to start a food account and me understanding and knowing a lot about social media, I just started it with the logo, with the name, with kind of like a professional look to it and just started posting my food photos and it just kind of kind of went viral and got big. Did you have any, how long were you a mechanic? Did you have any mentor to that shaped you in like, this is what people respond to, you know, this is Instagram. This is what, you know, you saw that, how that you guys were using it for Chevy Mm -hmm. and did you learn a few things and then have the freedom to create your own fun project on the side? Is that what it was? Yeah. Well, it's more like with social media, you sometimes have to be, you know, the funny thing is one of the, the department that I was in for social media was like user experience, right? Okay. So me as a user, like, or you as a user, it's like you have to figure out what's going to get them to click or what's going to get them to um, like your things. And it's just, you know, like I, I've understood as a user, if I scroll through Instagram, what gets my attention, what's going to make me stop and stop and look. And those are the things that always help me to like grow my channel, grow my thing and say, all right, I got to make this hamburger photo or pizza photo look eye popping. So when I, if I saw it, I would stop and look at it and double click and double tap it. Right. So where did the, like, where was the line where I guess you went? Full on Chowd on Detroit, and even before that, like, what is Chowd on Detroit? How did you come up with this? Like, take me through it now. Yeah, um, so I was looking for a name, and there's so in the beginning, you could, I guess I could have picked any name I wanted, but I was actually the name Chow Down the Chow Down started with uh, my friend from Atlanta. She's actually a food blogger in Atlanta, and I go to Atlanta a lot to visit my family there. My mom lives there now, and. I've always been a fan of her and I kind of, you know, like we kind of did a trade. I let me use your name and just put Detroit at the end and I'll make you like a logo. So because I'm a graphic designer, I made her a logo. So we have a very similar look. And um, that's how it all got started. And I started posting food and just started going at it, always posting things. <laughs> and yeah. Now it's after... 2,600 photos on there. I mean, it's just... That's a lot of That's pictures. a lot of photos. And, uh, you know, that's how the name got started. And then I started, like, going all to different restaurants. And the thing is, I eat out every day. Yeah. I don't cook at home. Like, I haven't cooked at home in ages. Even way before social media, I never cooked at home. So I ate out every day, so I have plenty of content, you know. So I just started posting... And I didn't realize that it could actually become a business until businesses started reaching out to me. So I started getting even like Open Table, like the Open Table app. Yeah, I used that yeah. once, one time, I think. Yeah, yeah. So they even, one day I was still working for an ad agency and they just reached out to me and said, if you post this, we'll pay you in a gift card. 250 bucks or whatever it was and then i was like dang these people are like wanting to give me things just to post and then of course in 
I'm in advertising, I'm like, well, it just makes sense. I'm reaching out to uh, an audience. And if they, uh, they see that my audience is commenting a lot, they, you know, they do a lot of engagement with my photos. So it's worth it for them. And to me, I'm thinking now I look back and I'm like, man, I'm probably worth more than that. But to me, it doesn't matter about the money. It's more of, um, I got to enjoy doing it. So I, I was kind of hesitant at first because I don't want to like, look like I'm a sellout, but they gave me a choice of which restaurant to go. So it's not like they're forcing me to do like an ad. So it doesn't look like an ad. So I, but you have to put sponsored on there for, uh, you know, the guidelines, FCC guidelines. So it just, um, once I felt like my, um, channel could become a business, and I had to make a deci- decision, right? Around when was that? Like, cause the, paint the time frames for me. So about you're working at McCann, yeah. you started this account, like, and how long were you working on it until you had enough of an audience to where someone said, like, what was your audience like when someone said, we'll give you 250 bucks to, I think I had about 30,000 followers or 20 some thousand followers. It wasn't and, much. And how much time did that take you to build? Oh, in the beginning, it was pretty easy because I was one of the first ones, one of the only ones that did food Instagram account. So having a niche thing is really important. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're like the only one that does the food, so everyone kind of gravitates your to your page to get food ideas. So a lot of people actually use my page, and they tell me all the time, I go to your page to see where I'm going to eat for dinner tomorrow, or take my girlfriend out to eat, or things like that. But now there's like. 200 300 food metro detroit food accounts you know michigan accounts but in the beginning it was really easy because everyone just told everyone to just go to my page right so you'd say like you have a very very highly targeted audience like you know when you go to the city's demographic like the majority of yours is in this michigan metro detroit area Mm -hmm. which is good because you know Maybe someone else has a hundred thousand followers, but they're all over the world, and it's yeah. not as much value for the business right here in Detroit to that's, have you promote. That's, that's really true because um, I can really work with a lot of brands and companies in Metro Detroit. Those companies are they kind of have to work with global accounts, yeah, which could be more money. Yeah, but like I said, it's not always about the money. It's just it's um, I just like for me, I really do like it helping out my community and my city and showing like when I go to mom and pop restaurants and hoe in the walls, it really, they tell me the owners would tell me like when I see them again, like a month later, they'll say, Oh my God, when you posted that about us, we had so many people come in. Thank you so much. And they're like really appreciative of me posting. And I, it really makes me feel good. Like, wow, I helped these, this like couple, you know, they're like a struggling restaurant or they're not huge, huge name. And I could actually get their name out like that. Yeah. It's really cool to do something like doing that. something nice and doing yeah. a service for the community almost. Yeah, and be- you're letting us know where the good food is. Yeah. And I won't post it unless it's good yeah. food. But yeah, I mean, when I got to around 40,000 followers um, and in Michigan, it's actually big. Like. I, I know your that's audience your audience is probably I have a fifth of that that's big anywhere. Yeah, well I mean it's funny because 
everyone in Michigan makes it. When I got over a hundred thousand, just like you know, a couple of days ago, everyone made a huge deal. Like, oh my god, you got over a hundred thousand, and it is a big deal in Michigan. But you know, if when you go to L.A. or New York, there's food oh, accounts. Yeah. For me, I know that I follow on New York. Hundred thousand in New York food account is big, but it's kind of like. Small time. Yeah, it's like small time <laughs> because there's accounts with 700,000 yeah. followers and things like that. But back about a couple years ago when I was at 40,000, that's when um, when I was working for a social media company, like an ad agency, they were kind of moving around everyone in my department. So they're kind of like... They didn't know what to do with our department. They might outsource it, and there, some people were getting laid off. So I was in the middle where they might lay me off, or they said I could take a different position, right? Not in social media. Did they know about like, this little project you were doing? Like doing content creation for Chevy. Yeah. Did they know about like the no, chat I, on page? Yeah, and... I actually, some people did, but my higher-ups know, didn't know yeah. because I really didn't tell people who I was. Um, but I got in that decision making time, right? Like, do I stay put with this company and go to a department that I really don't want to do doing content creation, which I don't really want to do it. And then, or should I just get laid off and pursue this, the, um, child on Detroit. So when they said they'll, if I choose to get laid off, they'll give me compensation for being there for five years. And so I get paid like for three months, you know, uh, I was like, they're going to pay me for three months. And in three months I could really grow this and turn into a business. So I made that decision. I, I'm telling you right now, that was the scariest week of one of the scariest weeks of my life because now I don't have a job. And even though I was getting paid, uh, you're like kind of like nervous like well, what if I don't do anything with this <laughs> then I have to scramble for another job so I was like sweating man I was waking up like three in the morning going back going on my computer and redoing my resume just in case I have to use it to do a different company or something so it was like a really scary week uh, but it turned out I mean that week I turned my child down Detroit into an LLC. So I turned it into a company, a business. And then I started to really uh, reach out to people. And the funny thing is because I wasn't working a nine to five job, I had plenty of time to hustle, like meet with brands and meet with restaurants and meet with people wanted social media consulting with me. So it just turned into not just doing posting on child on Detroit I became a photographer content creator social media consultant and I just turned into this like a business of doing a whole bunch of other stuff to create a money to live on yeah yeah so it's like one of the best things that ever happened to me for sure yeah that's yeah. a recurring theme and not only in my journey so far but even with Nick who I just talked to earlier yeah. today he said once he decided to you know for him, it was he already had quit work, but he decided to drop out of college. He had all the time. He had much more time to dedicate to 
figuring out how to make this thing work. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just seems like it magically starts working for, I mean, those of us who are lucky and gifted or whatever you want to call it. Well, you got to have the hustle and the drive. You can't just like say, I quit my job and then you think something's going to happen. You yeah. got to work hard. And I think it's kind of similar to you, right? Yeah. Because I remember we met each with each other like a year ago, right? But yeah. when I met you, you had what, 70,000 subscribers? So, somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah. And it's so I funny. I hadn't figured it out. <laughs> you haven't figured it out. You were like going to school still? I or? was still going to school, but I had decided to quit my job. And I didn't know how I was going to pay for the rest. So I had that same struggle. Yeah, I remember that. And yeah. like you were taking on jobs doing uh, graphic design work and things Just, like that. Yeah, right? like random social media social consulting media stuff. and stuff. Yeah. So I remember you back then, you had 70,000. Now you're what, 350? Yeah. 350,000 I mean, subscribers? I've had. So the... you hustled hard, <laughs> you know, like you. <laughs> I did. <laughs> you work hard because I follow you on all the social media and you do a lot of like the live every day. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to do something every day. And, and even this podcast, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not waiting till I hit the wall. I'm trying to do yeah. like two steps ahead and like see where I can go. Yeah, you know? I, I know. I love that because that's why you, you've been inspiring me to maybe even think about doing my own podcast in the future because people when I talk to my friends about food, I sit there after we have a discussion about like our favorite restaurants and things like that. I'm like, wait a minute, this could be a show. Exactly. <laughs> this could, I think people might be interested in where my favorite restaurants are, where I go to get coffee or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, I think me and you are kind of, when we met, we were kind of similar in a similar boat, right? Like we both had our, uh, we're both creating content for our platforms, but we didn't know exactly where that's gonna. A bit of lead like us. faith and and str- not struggle, but like like fear of failure yeah. mixed with like faith and yeah. belief and hard work. I think you really need. I think most for most people, you really need to struggle or feel that fear. Like I told you about my first week after leaving my job and I didn't have a job, it's, you got to have that fear. If I wasn't sweating bullets, like, Oh crap, I might not. I got to really work hard unless if I don't work hard, I will just lose everything I want. What, <laughs> what is that struggle to you? Cause like, what were you so afraid of happening? Was it like fear of being judged by your parents or seen as a failure or, I think just not paying the bills, just, just <laughs> yeah. like survival, right? <laughs> I, just my rent. I have a rent. I have car payment. I have these things that I have to pay. And the worst feeling in the world is, uh, not having money to pay things that you owe. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, it's funny because when I listen to all the minimalist stuff, it's about not having things so you don't keep paying. Like that guy from the movie Minimalism, he's, he said he had a 200000 He made over 200000 a year, but he was spending more than 200000 a year, right? So um, I was at that point too when I had a job with an ad agency. I made a certain amount of money, and I kept spending that mo- amount of money. So I was kind of like, dang, I got all these bills I have to pay. So that was like my motivation to be like, 
I got to hustle now. I got to yeah. get this client. I got to get that. I got to work on this. I got to work on that. And I think that still drives me to this day. Like, um, I really don't want to go back to working now. Like, I don't want to go back to working at a nine to five job. Right. So I'm, I'm at a point where I need to really work hard on my brand or whatever I'm doing and branching out. Like you're saying about being two steps ahead. I want to do five steps ahead where I'm like, I'm thinking about Instagram itself. It's kind of losing its steam a little bit. I mean, I don't think so. Well, I think the story help and the live really helps it. Yeah. But what I'm realizing now is that a lot of people go on Instagram to look at the stories. Yeah. And not, and the not really the feature. So now I got to think ahead. Now I got to produce something for the story. Right. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I stabbled into YouTube and I kind of still want to get into the YouTube world and create shows like food shows or something food related. So I've actually had some ideas for that. But that's another way for me to branch out and kind of not stay with one platform. It's really a bad thing, I think, to put all, all your eggs in one basket. It's yeah. really not a good idea to do that. Yeah, you have to diversify because, like you said, one feature change or one algorithm change, mm -hmm. and now you only reach 25% of your yeah. audience. So while you have the momentum, like as annoying as it might be, you got to tell people like, also, don't forget to like sign up for my website and yeah. sign up or follow me on Twitter too. And then it's also your job to be in a few different places. It's just like basic diversification it is, yeah. of, of your investment. No, yeah. Yeah, because I your Instagram really grew after you grew your I, YouTube channel, yeah, your Instagram opposite, grew. Yeah. yeah. And now I see on YouTube, like I feel like they are switching the algorithm. I noticed like I noticed certain videos that they and certain times like they won't push out as much as they used to and i know mm -hmm. it's not exactly the content because i've made better videos that get worse results right. so i can see that they're testing things and with this whole ad boycott and controversy that's going on like at least now i have also transferred some of my attention over onto instagram even if youtube disappeared tomorrow mm -hmm. may i have a small little instagram account that i could do something yeah. with and continue but um what were some pages like you said you were the first one in in like this area were there pages i know you said your friend were there other pages that like you kind of looked up to or kind of sparked your interest yeah i mean i still to this day i always look at the other um food accounts and see who's like trending who's doing well so now, right now, uh, the food photos that's really trending on Instagram is like HDR look. I hate HDR, but you know <laughs> yeah. when it's like yeah, like really super saturated, and you see all the details, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like all cheesy, and it's all like gooey, and yeah. those photos are becoming very popular on Instagram. So sometimes I dabble into that type of photos, uh, but. Like all Instagram, on Instagram as a platform, you got to have a theme, right? If you use some type of filter, try to use that filter for all your shots. Try to have the same kind of aesthetics for every shot. That's how you get a lot of followers. And um, 
So I got to try to keep it with my theme. So a lot of my themes are like me looking down at the food. You sometimes see my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I go right up to the photo. So I, I got a, a little theme going on, but I still have to research other creators and see what's popular. So there are a few that I follow. I've, you know, I'm friends with a guy who does LA foodie. He's an LA foodie. And so he, um, he has over 200,000 followers. So I kind of see what he does. I follow a few in Chicago, few in New York and, um, through Instagram, we become friends and, but you have to stay with your own style. If people followed you because of your own, your style, you just got to kind of stick with it. But, um, going back to like what we're talking about with the YouTube videos, have you thought about doing Facebook video? Yeah, I believe in Facebook and everything. I just... uh, Because they monetize Facebook now. I definitely believe in Facebook and and all of them. It just... As a one-man team at the moment, I have to... My time is limited, ultimately, so I'm focusing on YouTube, Instagram, which Instagram is kind of Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then now this whole audio thing with the podcasting. But, I mean, do you have a team around you that you've kind of built up now? I kind of do, I guess. I mean, sometimes when, uh, now it's funny because I, I'm a photographer, but now I have to hire photographers that are my friends and I have to help have them help me because like what you're saying about, uh, um, like it's what we're talking about, like Instagram story and things like that. Now I need to produce stories, right? Yeah. So now if I go to a, uh, say a restaurant and they hire they hire me to do content creation for their social media like do all their photography well they also want me like in our contract might be like they want me to promote too so now i gotta go there and to do all that by myself like i have this camera taking photos then i have to stop that and pull out my phone and take pictures with my phone so i could post it on my instagram story it becomes a super work like it's super hard work so now i have to hire a team to do photography so let them do the content creation i do some content creation with maybe boomerang and video (laughs) and things like that so now i have like a team that helps me produce all that of course i have to give them some of my cut of my uh pay but it's worth it i mean instead of me just like going nuts over an hour i mean it's it's just crazy because in my world, you get, say you have like eight or nine dishes out there and I have to take pictures of it individually or as a group. And it's just, it's a ton of work. It's a lot because we, pro- I produce probably 150 photos in one hour, you know? Yeah. So we give them like hundred, say we give them hundred photos. We're taking probably 400 shots and it's becomes ton of work. Yeah. And maybe visiting multiple restaurants a day. And oh my god! One day, one day I went to four restaurants in one day. Yeah. So do you crazy. in at a certain point do you still enjoy? Do you get to enjoy the meal at no. least, or is it like <laughs> is it full work? Because a lot of people might look at your page and think this guy's living the dream. They they always say that. I get the number one question I get is how they how do you stay skinny? So yes. because. Um, they always think I'm going to be this fat girl. Yeah. They think I'm a girl a lot of times because um, maybe I use 
emoji in my <laughs> caption or something. So they think I'm like girly or something. I don't know. But they're like, when they meet me and they're like, oh my gosh, you're not fat. And, or when I show them myself on Instagram story, they always reply and they say, <laughs> how are you so skinny? But I've grown to be a sampler of food. So when I go to yeah. a restaurant, I just nibble on a few things. But if the food is super good, I'm eating that whole thing, you know, yeah. but, um, I'm not enjoying it as much anymore because it's restaurant food. Sometimes I eat out every day and it's sometimes it's just, it's missing something. Yeah. Like when I get a home cooked meal from my mom or my friend's mom or something, it tastes way better to me because it's just, I don't know. Yeah. It sounds cheesy, but it's like they put their love into it or <laughs> something. It's just, you, you get a better feeling and I enjoy that way more than restaurants. Yeah. So that's, so those are, those are times where you're not documenting it. You, is there times where you just eat without documenting it <laughs> for uh, nourishment? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so little uh, thing about me is I love fast food. Like I'm a huge fan of Taco Bell. And even though I go to all these restaurants every day, Sometimes I really enjoy just going to a drive-thru at Taco Bell at 11 p.m., taking it home and eating a couple tacos, and I don't have to post about it. (laughs) I don't have to take a nice photo. I could just eat it while it's hot, and it's kind of enjoyable to do something like that, but if I don't post it, does that really happen? I don't know. (laughs) Double guilty pleasure. Junk food is already a guilty pleasure for most of us. But... I want to get into like, I'm not, I don't want to go too much more in depth on every detail, but you said earlier in the conversation, like you started going viral or you went, you were at 40,000 followers. Is there like a couple peak moments, like pivotal moments you remember, like that got you your first thousand followers or your first 2000 was someone reshared yeah. or what, did a big restaurant repost or something yeah so on instagram it's really important to get shared like your photo to be shared so in the beginning um when other reposting accounts so on instagram as you know there's a lot of accounts where they we just all they do is repost other people's photos some are like up to a million followers or more and all they do this company would all they do is repost other people's shots curate they curate other yeah. people's shots, right? Um, so when, even to this day, even just recently when I was at 99.9 you know, followers, right? And I just needed 100 more or something. I got reposted on two pages, two big pages in the same like weekend. <laughs> so one of the pages had like 500,000 followers and they reposted one of my pizza photos that I took like a, two months ago. And then next day, taste. there's a page called Taste This Next. We posted a taco photo I took. And they gave me the photo credit. And when they do that, I always get a whole bunch of new followers. And that's more like a national following. For, ne- for local following, if I do something that's like gets the people buzzing. So just recently, I went to Traverse City. And I went to uh, Moomers. And it's like a real popular ice cream place. It's even nationally known. And the funny thing is, a lot of times when I go to restaurants now, I 
get things just because I know it's going to get people talking about it. Yeah. Did I really want the this? But I sometimes just get it, right? So they at Moomers, they have this thing called flight of ice cream where it's, you know, like flight of beers when you go to a brewery and oh, you like get... Oh, like a long uh, yeah, board? Like a, like a long board with different flavors, right? Like at, at a brewery, you could get like four different or six different little shots of beer to taste it. So at Moomers, they have one for ice cream. So you get like little cups of different flavors. And I'm like, as soon as I saw someone order that in front of me, I'm like, I got to get this because if I post about this, I know people are going to buzz about it. So we got a couple of them. I took a really cool shot of me and my friend holding it, you know, and I posted it and it went crazy. Like it had over like 200 comments of all these people just tagging their friends like, we got to get this ice cream. I want to get it. It had over 2,000, 3,000 likes or something. I don't remember. But things like that helps me get the local reach because when they tag their friends, their friends might not have followed me. Now they see my page, they start following me, and that got me extra couple hundred followers yeah. right there. I think that's how I heard of you too. Just like one of my friends like is into food. and Yeah. And that's the best kind of follower you can get is because it's a real person. It's like, Yeah. Right. My it's a fr- it's a recommendation by word of mouth, mm-hmm. and th- that's probably also why you're able to help restaurants too, because it's it's all kind of organic and word yeah. of mouth. But um, so for my audience, I guess it's probably a lot more international. I know I have a lot of people in LA. I have a lot of people in Texas, a good amount in New York, and even India and different places. Mm-hmm. Since I have you here, and let's say one of them is planning to come through detroit yeah is there like some must-haves uh detroit items or must stop in restaurants or hole in the walls like could you recommend a little quick tourist pit stop oh that's funny they mentioned that i just have i'm doing something like this for visit detroit a magazine a local magazine but yeah um you know there are staples here, as you know. Lafayette, Coney Island, for example, everyone knows about that, so I don't really have to talk about that. But I sometimes like to venture a little bit outside of downtown Detroit, and there's a place in Dearborn called Dearborn Meat Market, and that's probably one of my favorite places to eat. And it's it's a slaughterhouse, <laughs> not a slaughterhouse, but it's a meat market. It's, but is it halal the, or? Yeah, yeah, it's a Middle Eastern restaurant. We have the biggest Middle Eastern yeah. community in the America, in America, so of course we're going to go to a lot of those restaurants, but that place is a gem, man. It's, it's a hole in the wall, and there's a little barbecue guy in the back who barbecues fresh cut meat, and the food is just outstanding, so I highly recommend that, and even though we're in uh, Detroit, we have one of the best pizza places. Your New York friends might, your New York followers might disagree with me, but some of my New York friends that came to LA, I mean, came from uh, New York and LA or even Chicago and tried Sapino Pizza in Eastern Market, they all told me this is better than the pizza they have in their hometown. So I highly recommend that place too. It's, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, I, I have to write down some of those too. <laughs> I'll listen to this back and, and take notes. Yeah, but it, it's too hard to, like even when I had to make a, like a 10 places I p- 
people must try while they're in Detroit. It's really hard to do that. Yeah. Like Mudgy's Deli is one of my favorite sandwich places, and I probably highly recommend anyone visiting to try that place. You get amazing corned beef sandwiches and probably the best sandwich you're going to get, best sandwiches you're going to get in Detroit. And that's in a really cool area in Corktown. But it's so hard to pick my favorite places because there's so many, right? But it's so easy to pick other places in other cities. Yeah. When I went to LA last year, you have a lot of LA audience. Well, I'm telling you right now, LA is the best food city in America. And I've been to a lot of different cities and LA scene for food is just incredible. It's amazing. So I'm actually might be, I'm actually going to, I'll be going to their LA in December Mm -hmm. and I already have a list of places I'm going to eat in LA, man. Limited time and limited space in your stomach, right? Yeah. And I, New York is one of my favorite places for food too. But it's easy for it's easier for me to say my favorite food places in other cities than yeah. in Detroit because I eat out so much and I sometimes forget where I even yeah went to. It's it's something different sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, I think we can take that. It seems like there's a ton of great places, small and well known, that yeah. a lot of people might not know are everywhere around. Yeah, well, um, we went to a few good places. I mean, we've eaten together at Sahara, right? Yeah. That was really good. And then Andy Amo. Yeah. And uh, the Chubby Duck. Oh, yeah. That was cool. That was a cool little. That was a cool. I think there's a picture on Instagram. That was in your vlog, the Chubby Duck. Yeah. Yeah. I'll link that. There's a vlog I'll link. Yeah. But it, um, so I guess kind of looking forward, it seems like you've really like planted your feet and let your roots spread in Detroit as Chowdown Detroit Mm -hmm. and you're working with all these local businesses and network and you've kind of planted yourself here purposely like and you and and you want to and you and you want to kind of like you you want to stay here you enjoy the city is that the plan yeah I I mean there was times in my life where I'm like you know what I need to be in LA because I'm so in love with Southern California California but and I have family in New York and family in Atlanta but then you get to a point where it's not just because of my name or business. It's more of you start to enjoy. You know what? Once once I started working on my own and not work for someone's company, I really started to enjoy the city life or the life, the city we live in. You know, mm-hmm. you appreciate it more because you get to enjoy. I, I drive all over the place and go so many places and then you start to fall in love with all the new places you go. When you're stuck at a, an office nine to five on weekdays and you only go out to eat once a week or go to places, you don't get to see so many things, you know? And now that I've seen so many places and done so much, I really love the part where I explored and discovered all these gems, yeah. <laughs> all these cool places and meet people like you and meet other people who are interested in the same type of life and the same type of things. So I'm kind of like stuck here in a good way. Uh, I, it's hard for me to start over and say, I'm call myself something like, uh, eating in uh, Austin or something. If I move to Austin, you know, you have to start from zero, which is really tough. 
But yeah, I mean, I really like this community. And one thing good about Michigan is that what I do, I'm a kind of like a, it's easier to be a big fish in a small pond. Because as you know, when you go to LA or New York, it becomes a battle to become a big, you know, person of whatever you do. So I kind of like that because now that um, people recognize me around here, almost daily, I always get people like saying, hey, child on Detroit, and they want to chat with me about food or tell me about places to eat. I wouldn't get that if I was in New York or LA. You would have to be like very famous (laughs) for you to be recognized, you know. But as you know, living in Michigan, it's kind of easy to be popular, easier to be popular around here. So I kind of enjoy that. It's kind of like everyone supports each other around here. Yeah, like you were saying earlier, it's a community community driven. And that's why you don't see too many trolls on my page. Yeah, I think it's like food. Nobody like what's somebody gonna say about a slice of pizza? I get feel (laughs) I get feel of them though. This is what I get. Uh, because my name is Child Down Detroit. Yeah. If I eat at another city, like if I go to Grand Rapids or say when I went to Traverse City, sometimes you get that one troll that has to say, your name is Child Down Detroit. Yeah. Why are you eating? Why are you posting about Grand Rapids? I'm like, are you kidding yeah. me? Like, I'm not allowed to yeah, no. venture out. You could always just like, really, if you really wanted to just be like, just be Chow Down. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Or, chow down song or whatever song <laughs> i don't know like honestly like i think even if i didn't live here it's not like i'm always eating at the places that i see you it's just like yeah. sometimes you want to see a nice slice of pizza on the feed yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. and you do do the really good stories and it's sometimes you you need a, the right balance of like tech instagrammers mm-hmm. a little bit of food a little bit of lifestyle yeah. a little bit of fashion a little bit of youtube you know yeah, yeah. and get your get your feed ecosystem proper well i mean i've i've always watched your youtube channel and you always inspire me to like work on my youtube more and i started to and i want to get back into it and it's not about you know a lot of times when i tell people about youtube first thing people say oh yeah you can make money off of it and uh, to me it's like dude you have to get to a certain level to actually even make anything off youtube i know that you know i really don't want to start a like I already started a YouTube channel, but I don't really want to grow my YouTube channel to make money because I'm making money anyways. Like I'm surviving. Um, I'm more of wanting to tell a story because there's so many things that I do in Detroit. Even when me and you went to Chubby Duck, it's so much easier to tell a story about what about a place because you get to see more. Right now I'm posting on Instagram story or on uh, snapchat just like parts of that restaurant yeah or sometimes i show myself eating it but do i i don't show anything really more than the, more than that yeah. you know with youtube i think we can do i can do a show where you can really show the restaurant show what i've eaten show my expression more and just kind of get the reaction or tell a story about the restaurant way better than you can do it from an Instagram story or Snapchat. So that's one of the things I want to kind of work on. And I might have to switch to Premiere. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Come on over. (laughs) Join the dark side. Yeah, I mean, I'm using Final Cut now just because it's so 
to me, it feels simple to use on my Mac, but um, are you using a Mac? I still Premier? do everything on my MacBook, Okay, pro, like the laptop. Yeah. Uh, now that I graduated college, though, I'm thinking about getting a desktop. Really? Because I don't, I mean, I don't really take it much places just sitting on my desk yeah, still, yeah. so I don't know. Okay. I mean, I think your channel is kind of like starting to make me think I should go to Premiere. I don't know, but it's, uh, that's one of the things I do like about, um, hanging out with other content creators, even though you're like in a different platform, it's kind of cool to just like get ideas from other people yeah. because we're in a similar kind of field. Yeah. You know? We're all playing the same game in our, <laughs> yeah. in our different areas and topics. You yeah. Know? And I like, I like to see what other people are using and kind of get ideas. The funny thing is that every, every person I meet that does video editing, they all like use Premiere. They all follow you, <laughs> get, uh, get tutorials from you. And I don't meet too many people using Final Cut. I don't know. It's yeah. just, I don't know. I see both. Yeah. In my opinion, I mean, my audience for sure is a lot more premiere. In my opinion, you know, whatever works for you to yeah. edit the videos, if it's on your phone, if it's on a DSLR, whatever, yeah. just start and then you can figure things out as you go. I mean, I use premiere just because I started with Photoshop and it all kind of ties in. Yeah. But I know lots of people who use, I mean, I mean, I know some people that use Final Cut and they do great work and they do big projects so taste i mean taste the different things taste the yeah. different things <laughs> and uh see what you like and see what's available to you and just kind of yeah experiment yeah that's one of the I'm, I'm i love uh chatting with people about just about the process you know i i people ask me all the time like how i take all my photos and they all think it's professional cameras it's so funny i get so many people who start a food page and they always say I inspire them to start a food page and they all go out and go to Best Buy and buy like a DSLR, you know, like a cheap one yeah. or whatever and use the kit lens and things like that. And they always say, why isn't my photo coming out like yours? And I'm like, you know, I use an iPhone <laughs> for all my photos. And they always say, use an iPhone. And I'm like, yeah, you have to still understand lighting. You have to understand lighting. You have to understand editing you kind of have to understand composition just because you go out and buy a professional camera doesn't make you a professional photographer, yeah. you know? And I'm sure you we're in a, like you're in the YouTube world and people always, when I watched even like Casey Neistat videos or even like yours, they always want to know what they're using. Like for, they think that if they go out and buy a $2,000 camera, you know, MacBook Pro and all this stuff, they're automatically going to become an uh, amazing YouTuber or something. But it's all about content and yeah. editing and all that stuff. The process. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of work in between your uh, your tool and to the end results. You yeah. know, I use like four editing apps on my phone just to get one photo yeah. on, the, on Instagram. So, so yeah. So, uh, what, what, what could you say is coming up next for you? What could people look out for you? Like you said, you have these ideas for a YouTube show. Mm -hmm. What are you planning on doing in the next steps here? I, what I need to really do, what I really need to do is organize my life. 
because I'm so all over the place. I'm so into so many things. Uh, I don't know about you, but it's not just food and photography I'm into. I'm into like, I coach high school tennis. I love regular photography of like landscapes. I like to travel. I'm into cars. I'm into, <laughs> there's so many things. Yeah. I'm into movies. I'm a film buff. So I need to start focusing. I almost need to like sit down one day and just write down what I need to focus on and what I need to kind of let go. For example, I was thinking about this the other day. If I want to really grow my YouTube channel, I need to probably quit something that I do in my life to so I have the time to yeah. do something like that. And one of the things I might have to stop is like Snapchat, but I have such a huge Snapchat uh, following, which just shocks me because I feel like Snapchat, people say Snapchat's dying, but then I keep getting new followers on Snapchat and people engage with me so much on there. So it's hard for me to quit that, but I almost feel like, how do you, you know what I mean? Like how many hours does, it takes you hours to edit a video, yeah, yeah. you know? And when I was doing some YouTube, um, I was doing some YouTube stuff, it took me like four or five hours to do something like that. How am I supposed to do all this when I'm also going to like three restaurants a day? Yeah. <laughs> it's really, I need to like figure out how to organize my life and just figure that part out. And I'm going to do it by end of this year. So starting in 2018, I'm going to just focus on whatever I need to focus on. And you know what? Recently, I just had to hire someone to look at my emails. That, I'm not joking. That's, that's, that could be a job for me too, but I'm yeah. just, I don't sleep. That's what I quit. I quit sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so, But isn't that crazy? Like, yeah, I get so many emails and direct messages of restaurant owners and brands. I just had like recently like a big national company just reach out to me and it's just like, I don't know what to do because you, some of these restaurants, you don't, you feel bad. Like they always want me to come, they always want me to come in to eat their food. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I, I can't just eat four times a day like that. It's just not healthy for me, but I don't have the time either. So I actually hired someone to manage my, emails and kind of go through them and reply for me and say they represent me all that stuff it's i need to manage my time yeah and i think that's where i need to focus on because when you when you uh kind of put all your efforts into your youtube it really helped your youtube channel right yeah i mean the time management is key and like yeah. you said I, I mean i don't have exactly a physical team but like having a team i've noticed in a lot of my guests is something that really helps them like you can yeah. have a team it work it works much better for you because you only have 24 hours in a day and you're sleeping most of those i know but like you i noticed you got like a thing going on where you do um you edit at a certain time and you post at a certain time and you do the instagram live at a certain I, time yeah i try to like you know, if I'm making a video, I try to have it up. I mean, right now I try to post around noon Eastern mm -hmm. time. And if I, if I have it up, maybe I'll do a live stream of me making the thumbnail in Photoshop. Yeah. 
and then maybe if I post it, I'll post a picture that it's up and just to have different content everywhere. Like you said, that's, that's what makes it easier too. You know, you make one piece of content at the top mm-hmm. and then you just can like this podcast. I'm thinking like for Instagram, I can pull out a really good minute and post it on the feed. So now yeah. I have something for the feed and just different things like that. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of work, man. <laughs> I mean, it is, but we enjoy it. Right. Yeah. And it's, I think sometimes people don't understand how much we put into creating. <laughs> it's so yeah. much work. And that's all I think about. Like literally I do a lot of, you know what I do recently? Now I turn off, like sometimes I drive without any radio on. Just to have just a to, like, meditation moment. Just like, no, just to like think about what I got to do and just organize. <laughs> I love done. to hire a personal assistant, yeah. but I can't afford one. <laughs> I've done that before. Well, if anyone's listening and they want to offer it. some sort of help. Somehow, yeah. Help digital me, please. <laughs> meant, I don't know. But um, I think we've come come pretty full circle and we know now that it's not just eating food for fun and yeah. somehow magically like making a living out of it it's but, a lot of it's definitely a lot of work yeah you you gotta know I, I you gotta know even what when you post it yeah you know it's just like it's you put a lot i put a lot of effort into it and now i gotta try to put a lot of effort into something else too because yeah. like we talked about it's just putting all your eggs in one basket is not the right idea. You know, you just got to dabble into something else and see what else you're um, into. Like you got to be passionate about it, you know? So I'm I'm getting to the point where just Instagram food posting is just not enough. It's not exciting enough for me. Now I got to try to do something else. Yeah. You should yeah. start a podcast or something. This is fun. Our it's podcast fun is really fun. I it's love exciting it. me yeah. right now. But um, where, so if is there any other final things that uh, we didn't hit on that you want to mention or any specific special projects that are coming up that you want to talk about? Like, what do you want people to know before we, we sign off here? Well, I mean, in social media, I, I feel like, do you ever feel like there's going to be something else coming up? Oh, yeah. I, something new. I'm, you know? I'm reading into like blockchain technology and yeah. Bitcoin and all that. And uh, yeah. that's a whole other conversation. But I kind of feel like that's coming with something new. And I, I, what do you think about being an early adapter to a certain social media? I feel it, like it could be life changing. Yeah. It's remember Vine. Yeah. Remember all the early adapters on Vine and yeah. become super famous. They're the biggest people on the internet now. Yeah. I mean, they're just some of the biggest people. Well, on now, now they do YouTube right? and Instagram, like Instagram, right? The only Viners you see with 10 million, fo- the only people you see with 10 million plus followers are either a super famous, like traditional celebrity yeah. or singer or a Viner. <laughs> I know it's crazy. So, I mean, like I, I think the next thing is, um, since, I make a living off doing social media work. I feel like the next, I have to look for the next thing because there's always going to be something else that pops up. Like Snapchat popped out and I won, I was a like early adopter to Snapchat. And so I grew my Snapchat up a lot, but now I got to see if there's something else coming up. So yeah, I mean, 
right now, I know there's comp- apps that comes out that tries to be the next social media, but nothing's hidden. But um, I'm looking for that. Like, I want to try to become an early adapter to a, yeah. a new cool social media that's fun. And because I feel like that's going to be more fun and exciting because it's new yeah. and different. Because uh, Instagram to me, it's kind of, I, I love Instagram still, but it's just, you get to a point where I've been doing this exactly the same, almost the same thing for what, four years now or whatever. And I got to kind of branch out. That's why I'm excited about YouTube yeah. and just to create shows and things like that. So yeah, I think I'm going to work on my YouTube channel a little bit more. So that's going to be something that's going to come out and podcast. You're kind of inspiring me to the podcast thing too, because I love chatting about food yeah, and everything else that I'm, I love. So yeah, it's funny that podcast is becoming really popular actually. Yeah. Because there was a time when it was really popular. Then it went through a time when I don't think anyone was really talking about it except for when Serial came out. I know what you're talking about. I haven't heard it though. But recently I'm noticing a lot of people that's into podcasts or listening to podcasts. I think that's has a lot to do with um, driving. It's so easy to listen to now that everyone's kind of have the unlimited data. And so they're all listening to their phones and their cars. So I think that's really cool. I think that's true. So uh, you're pretty much at Chowdown Detroit everywhere, right? Uh, and obviously yet. you have your personal account, which just your first name, Sung, S E O. Um, yeah. uh, I'll leave all of Sung's links in the show notes, wherever you're listening to this on iTunes, YouTube, you'd say the best place for someone to reach you would probably be like Instagram, Twitter, yeah, Instagram, email, Twitter, and, uh, Snapchat and subscribe too. to his YouTube to stay tuned for the shows that are, yeah. <laughs> that we're now going to make, be waiting for. Well, we got to, I got to do a show with you where we go eat somewhere together, you know, I'm up for it. it. It's fun for me because I don't have to create the content, (laughs) but, uh, I think we're going to wrap this episode up here. Second one of the day. You're pretty, you're pretty hungry. I bet. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty hungry, but, um, Luckily, we didn't get too deep into the details of cheese and all that. Oh, my God. Should, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, you should have told me that you're hungry because I would have. I was just at a barbecue place. Oh, this place is good, too. Arkin's Barbecue. It's right down the street in Southfield. Man, you got to try their barbecue. It is. I think it's probably the best barbecue in Michigan right now. I'm going I'm to have to put it on my list. Yeah, for sure. But uh, thank you to everyone for listening to this episode. If you guys are listening on iTunes... Uh, I appreciate it. Give it a rating if you enjoyed it. Uh, leave a little review, whatever. And subscribe on iTunes so you can listen to it in the podcast app. It always pops up in your feed and whatever else pulls from the iTunes library. If you guys are on YouTube, smash that like button and leave me a comment below. Subscribe to the channel to see all of my content, not just the podcasts. And if you listen all the way to the end here, send us a message. Reach out to us. I always enjoy when you guys you that listen all the way to the end, send me a message. Let me know if there's a certain point in the episode that really struck a chord with you. Or if you want to ask more details about something we talked about, message either one of us. I'm sure you would like getting those as well. And yeah, um, yeah thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Song, for making the time. Yeah, thank you for the invite. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode.